back. Another edition of uh, the Dave Logan Podcast. We're back at it. I'd love, I'd love to say back by popular demand, and I do think there are two or three people that really have enjoyed what we've put together well, thus far. My mom was out of town, so there's like yeah. a person. My mom has enjoyed it. <laughs> and uh, after all, we always, we always endeavor to please our mothers. Isn't that the truth? It is the truth. They're like the la- they're the, they're the ones with the the, the real love. Everybody they're, else listen. Is like they're they there are. no matter what. Mm-hmm. Now they might be disappointed in you. They might not even occasionally like you, but they always love you, and they're always looking out for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, thank you, mom, for listening to this podcast. Thank you, Barb. How was your weekend? This was like a weekend because a Thursday night game. Did you get a chance to just take a breath and go, okay, sky's not falling, or Did, well, is it? It's still falling. No, it's, it's it, you know, I never really look at it as though the sky is falling for me because honestly, even though being the play-by-play voice of the Broncos, I, I want I want the team to play well, uh-huh. but there's an emotional detachment that I have that allows me to walk away and, and deal with all the other things that I deal with in my life. I, I, I hope they win. Uh, my job is easier when they win. Uh, you know, I, I, I want the coaches – and players to win because I know how hard the game of football is. Mm-hmm. But when it's over, I mean, I've had absolutely nothing to do with how they've played, the game plan, how it's executed. I mean, I'm just like any other media member in town that gets paid to offer his or her um, idea in terms of what's going on. Now, I will say this, when they have stretches, I'd like to say this is a stretch, when they have seasons like this in the previous two, I will get – from time to time, just out in the public, whether it's Starbucks or whatever, I get a lot of questions like, so what's going on with the Broncos? I mean, what what's the deal? I so mean, what are you getting now, like when you go to Starbucks? What's I get I get that. What's going on? Yeah, well, what's, I mean, is this how it's going to be for the rest of the year? What's going on? Can you do something about the, I mean, it's all good-natured um, sort of stuff, but the answer is no, I, I can't do anything about it. And w- what I think fans... Um, see is sort of where where they are right now now the game on thursday which we're going to talk about that was there's no other way to sugarcoat this i mean you can't sugarcoat what you saw my job is to call the game and then analyze the game the next week like like everybody else it was it was a really bad performance offensively i thought they looked inept I thought that they looked completely overmatched. And there there are always, you know, stretches in a game where you'll have a bad series and that will look like you're overmatched and inept or maybe a bad quarter. But then you'll see adjustments made. And normally NFL teams can, can sort of rectify that direction. I didn't, I didn't see that Thursday night. I mean, a... Aside from the first drive, and that drive was aided by two really costly Chiefs penalties. I mean, after that first drive, I can't remember the last time that I called basically a complete game from that point on that I just never felt like they had much of a shot offensively to do anything. You know what's scary about that? The lady that week leading up to it, we talked about this is a season-defining game. Yep. Well, they shit the bed. They did. Yes, they did. So now what? Um, 
Well, I mean, listen, you have that's 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 one of the beauties of the NFL, right? You've got paid professional athletes and their job is to win games. And so what you can do, I mean, I'm sure the team and the coaches probably took 24 to 48 hours and and who knows, sat in a dark closet maybe and said, Mommy. I mean, what the hell, really? <laughs> but you know what? You got to get back on the horse, figuratively speaking. I mean, that that's your job. You have no other choice. You, you really don't. It's, it's You can't feel sorry for yourself. Nobody in the NFL feels sorry for, for the Broncos the way they've played. Nobody feels sorry for the Bengals. They're 0-7. I mean, all these teams that are really struggling right now, you know what teams, the other teams say? I hope we can play them next. I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's, uh, it's dog eat dog. So the Broncos have to find a way to regroup, recalibrate, uh, start this thing over. The coaches have to find a way to find positives to uh, help these players. They got to find a way from a game plan uh, standpoint. They got to find a way to come up with things that can better give their players the best opportunity to succeed. I, I did not see that. Thursday night from the Broncos offense. I guess I'm more talking because now you hear things like, okay, so the trading deadline is October 29th. You see a report from Adam Schefter talking about that. The Patriots yep. would be interested in Emmanuel Sanders. Something is just turned after that loss, right? Now you're having these kind of conversations. Well, when you look, it's bad enough to lose when you lose at home, but when you lose that way, when you lose a game that after the game, you know, the, the overriding feeling is they really have no chance. Now, I'm not saying they feel that. I'm not saying the coaching staff does, uh, nor the players do. But listen, they're humans. They they know. I mean, those offensive guys know and those coaches know what they put on film Thursday night was abysmal. So, yes, I, I mean, I think now um, where ha- had they won the game, I think probably not. You don't move some of those guys that are in the last year of their contract. But now having lost that game, they're 2-5, and five, and really the meat of their schedule, the difficult part of their schedule is ahead of them, not behind them. So if you're if you're John Elway, if you're running the football side of the organization, I mean, why would you not entertain calls on Emmanuel Sanders and, frankly, Chris Harris? Why would you not? Because neither guy is going to be coming back next year, more than likely. I mean, so you're going to let them walk for nothing, maybe a compensatory pick. But if you can get something in exchange, and I think you'd get more for Chris because it's harder to find – you know, corners that can play than it is wide receivers that can play. But I'll say this, both those guys um, getting up in years by NFL standards, both those guys can still play for sure. So they'll bring something in return. I would say for Emmanuel, probably a four uh, or five. And I would say for Chris, maybe a three. Yeah, DT went for a four. Okay. Emmanuel still got, I I think he's got juice in the tank. I mean, you know, watching him in the preseason, watching him uh, on the tape that I look at, He's still quick into and out of breaks. He's fearless. He'll catch the ball. He can make something happen after the catch. I think there's value in Emmanuel Sanders. And I think there's obvious value in Chris Harris Jr. Too. You can poo-poo this, but I, as a somebody that follows the Broncos and, you know, group Bronco fan, I don't want – Emmanuel has a tendency – I know he's incredibly talented, but he has a tendency when things go bad, Emmanuel goes bad. I, I, I He sometimes says things that's like, ooh, I don't know if that's – Bring the locker room together. So I'd rather see some, honestly, if, if the Broncos are going to keep losing five of the next seven are on the road, as you alluded to, I don't think you want that in the locker room. Yeah, but I, I would move him not for that reason. Yeah. I would move him because I, I would have come to the conclusion that, listen, 
I have to refortify this roster. I've got to be able to, in the next couple of years, I need draft choices. I need an ability to go out and pick guys that are going to come in and add to the depth of this team. That's one of the issues the Broncos have right now, that the depth of this team uh, is really down. Now, you you also have to be able to hit on those draft choices. And that that's maybe a topic for a different day um, because the Broncos have had their issues in recent drafts, not last year. Last year's draft looks like a home run. Mm-hmm. We'll see about this year. But preceding years have been not good. Not not good in, in the draft area. And the draft is an improving science. You know, I, I said uh, a little bit earlier today on uh, on the show with Rick and Kathy, you know, the Chicago Bears moved up in the draft to the second overall choice to take Mitchell Trubisky, the quarterback out of North Carolina. By doing so, later in that draft, they obviously passed on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. I mean, how do you think they feel in Chicago now with Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky looking like... Mitchell Trubisky? Well, I mean, looking like he's 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 not giving them any indication now that he's a franchise quarterback. So, I mean, if not, Chicago may very well be in the same situation the Broncos were in after missing on Paxton Lynch. Are you like me when you hear people talking about... When you, when you talk about draft, I think automatically John Elway. I cringe, I cringe when people talk about firing John Elway. Maybe it's because I grew up here, and I, I, I. Why, why would you? I mean, just out of curiosity, why would you cringe at that? Because he's freaking John Elway, and I understand that is so straight fandom right there. I, I understand draft wise, he's had some tough drafts, and this is not the Broncos team the last few years five and eleven, six and ten, now two and five that we are used to. But it's still freaking John Elway. And I have to get over that. Well, and I think John has that uh, has that going for him because I think that's a prevailing thought amongst many Broncos fans. Here's the deal, and I asked John this on the show. I, I was careful how I worded it, and I talked about his competitiveness, which I believe wholeheartedly that he has. I know that he is dying about the way this team has played the last couple of years and the start and the way they played Thursday night against Kansas City. And I know nobody, nobody that I know wants this team to get turned around and play better than John Elway. That said, he understands that, I mean, the buck has to stop with him. He's the GM. He's the president of football operations. Nothing happens on the field that John does not sign off on. So, and and, and he said they have some misses, but when you miss as much of the, as they've missed in recent drafts, Sooner or later, those things w- come back to haunt you if you don't knock it out of the park in free agency, right? I mean, you've got the draft, you've got free agency. That's how you build your team. And he didn't knock it out of the park in free agency. Well, that's the thing. So the draft and the misses in the draft now are coming home to roost. And so John, I mean, John knows, and I said to him, I said, listen, man, there's people in town that look to you and say, hey, you got to get us out of this. I mean, you you wear the, the old saying, you wear the hat. He wears the hat. He's responsible for this, and he acknowledges this. Now, what what do you do at that point? Because he is, as you said, John Brigham Elway. What do you do? He's not, you know, I, I doubt very seriously there's only one person in the organization that could fire John Elway, and that's Joe Ellis. And I doubt very seriously that that's going to happen. I mean, if you're Joe Ellis and you're probably going to step away in a year or two, mm-hmm. do you want for the rest of your life 
your legacy to be you were the guy that fired John Elway? I I don't know. I, I think not. So maybe it comes down to, I mean, John is so competitive that I mean, my my dealings with really competitive people, they, they also are smart enough, and they might not admit it publicly, but they're smart enough to retrospectively look and say, Man, maybe maybe I need to to rethink my position here. And I think if John Elway is not running this team next year, it will be because of that. It'll be because of John stepping back and saying, "Listen, I'm 60 years of age. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of life to live. I don't I don't know. I did the best I could. We won a Super Bowl when I was here. The last few years haven't been great. I'm going to go and then he can fill in the blank." I see that more than the other way around. Oh, it's the other way around is not a possibility at all. I mean, not even, I didn't say a probability. I think it is <laughs> not possible. I don't think it's in the cards for Joe Ellis to fire John Elway. So John Elway has the only job in town where you can't get fired. Um, but he's got one of them. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I you know, conceptually he could get fired, but I just don't, I don't see it. You see the Broncos going uh, to Indianapolis and beating a Colts team that just beat Houston. They are now atop the AFC South. Jacoby Brissett, give me some uh, thoughts on him and how you see this game against the Colts. Better than I thought. When Andrew Luck decided he was going to retire, I I don't think anybody saw Jacoby Brissett playing as well as he's played. They're really good up front. Maybe I would say the Broncos, this will be the top or second best offensive line the Broncos will face all year long. They can run it. He's smart enough and talented enough to make throws. He's not going to get you beat. Um, So I think Jacoby Brissett is one of the better backup quarterbacks and and certainly now given a chance to to play, he's played pretty well. I mean, this is a tough game. This is a tough game for the Broncos, right? I mean, it's historically been a difficult place to play. Most of those games were with Peyton. And they did go back there a couple of years ago when they weren't very good and found a way to win. I think that was their only road victory. So, you know, the NFL is um, is is interesting and great in this regard. One week you can look like you have no clue how to even buckle your chin strap. You're that bad. And the next week you go out and you get a couple of breaks and all of a sudden you're in a close game. And, I mean, who, who thought they would beat the Chargers in L.A.? I. I didn't. Not not anybody that I talked to. Right. And yet they find a way to win. They get three turnovers. So anything can happen, but certainly the Colts should be favored in that game. How's it Fangio lately? Is he getting tighter and tighter and tighter? I don't see it. No, I, I don't see that. I, I like this guy a lot. I mean, I think they played well enough defensively on Thursday night to mm-hmm. win the game. Now I know you say, well, Dave, he's the head coach, and he is, but he also calls the defense. Their offense was so bad. They gave them no chance. Their special teams were bad, and that hurt. I mean, you get a punt run back to your 21-yard line. The defense keeps them out of the end zone. You run a fake punt, which gave the Chiefs the ball on the Broncos' 38-yard line. They kept them out of the end zone, although they got down to the one-yard line. They kept them out of the end zone. I mean, stop thinking about that. It's still When Mahomes gets hurt, it's 13-6. to six. And the You're Broncos like, and go. the Broncos had the ball. I said, "Hey, listen. I mean, the Chiefs aren't are not are not going to be an offensive juggernaut with Matt Moore, right? So the Broncos are, are in it. What happens? Joe Flacco gets strip sacked, fumbles, scoop and score. Now it's twenty to six. And at that point, 
with the way the Broncos offense was playing, the game to me seemed totally done. And I can't remember a thing. And that was in the second quarter. All, all I was holding out hope at that point was that they would make some changes at halftime and game plan and come back with some ways to move the ball. And it just didn't happen. When we come back, I was watching the NBC Nightly News the other day. Do you ever watch Nightly News? I don't. Really? I'm, I'm on the practice field. No. And judging from some of the numbers nationally, very few people do either. Nobody watches the Nightly News? With Lester Holt? I love that guy. Well, I mean, it may be the Brownman family that loves him because, <laughs> I mean, and I like Lester Holt, but I mean, numbers right. for, for nightly newscast, the newscast uh-huh. at five o'clock, uh-huh. I mean, are really low. Nora O'Donnell on CBS, yeah, her numbers, they have lost 27% of their entire audience since she took over. Now, I don't know why. She seems likable enough to me, but ver- how about this? There are a lot fewer people on all three major networks watching nightly news. But good to know that you do. I feel smarter after it. I'm a little depressed after it. But anyway, so the last story of NBC Nightly News, there's always like a good story or a more interesting story other than death and destruction, which is what you see for the first 25 minutes. Um, Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski was in the news. When we come back, I want to talk to you about why he was in the news and has a little bit about what you're doing. Hmm. The Dave Logan Podcast can be found at iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman with you. Okay, you uh, before we took this break, you talked about Rob Gronkowski. Is this the CBD story? Yeah, yeah. So basically, he's endorsing a CBD company, it's CBD medic, but mm-hmm. it talked about, um, the reporter interviewed him, talked about, I mean, he seemed legit in, in, he was saying, you know, football really brought me down and CBD. He, what he basically wants to do is have the NFL soften its stance on allowing players to use CBD. Cause he believes it's a lot better for chronic pain than prescription drugs mm-hmm. and prescription drugs is a huge problem in our society. Also, Calvin Johnson. Even bigger in the NFL. Even bigger in the NFL. So Calvin Johnson just came out, I think like a month ago, and talked about every time he went into training room that the abuse of opioids in the league is pretty rampant. That mm-hmm. you can go in, you can get Vicodin, you can get Oxycontin, you can get Percocet. Like basically, you can get a lot of things in a training room very easily. What are your thoughts on CBD? And I know that you endorse a CBD company. Yep, Panacea Life Sciences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. What do you, and was it a what, did you think, okay, do I want to endorse this? What went through your head when you were approached with that? Well, I mean, let me let me go back and uh, talk a little bit about Calvin Johnson's comments. He's he's absolutely right. Um, and, but I think I think they're more regulated in NFL locker rooms and in you know the 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 medical part of it, the um, the trainer's room. They're, yeah, it's not like it's in jars. They're more regulated. That's right. Um, you know, when I when I played, it, it's not a lot. It's not a lot different even back then as it is today. I mean, you're constantly beat up, right? And you you have to find a way to be able to get your body to the point that you can play the next week. It normally takes you about a week, and as the season goes on, 
then your body becomes more run down and more beat up. And it's just, it's a real challenge. Now, these guys nowadays have a lot more money and a lot um, of resources outside of their respective teams where they can, you, you can use the, the cryo chambers. There's all sorts of things, acupuncture, things that we didn't do a lot of back then that help your body recover and recover more rapidly. But opioids for sure, and, and we've seen so many stories about the Oxycontin and how, I mean, Brett Favre for one, and Brett's not alone in terms of NFL guys that have, have used that. But I think the CBD part of it, if people, my estimation would be if people looked into it, they would, um, it would interest them enough that they would probably give it a try. That's what, that's what, uh, that's what got me. Um, I, I was looking for something that was a legal and B natural that would give me an ability because now after playing, um, for a long time and playing other sports as a kid and starting to get a little bit older, I mean, you get aches and pains, uh, all the time and you try to go to a chiropractor or a masseuse and you, you try to continually work on your body, even though you're 60 years old. But the reality of it is, you know, you pay for later in life what you did earlier in life in a lot of respects. So the CBD that I use has helped me in terms of sleeping, which has always been an issue. And if you look at uh, a lot of NFL players, when they talk about things that plague them after they're out of sports, that that one seems to be uh, on everybody's list. I don't sleep well. Why is that? What's that about? I, I don't know. I mean, you know what? I've done a lot of research on it. Some think it's because of um, some think that you don't sleep as well when you get a little bit older. There's research on that. Some think that it may have had something to do with concussions earlier in your lifetime. I mean, there's all sorts of things. Stimulation, uh, on online too much, light, uh, you, you know, I mean, all sorts of different things. But, uh, but the CBD for me from Panacea Life Sciences has helped me in that regard. Now, it's also helped me, I think, in a little bit of like lower back and neck a normal discomfort. I, I was not a guy that wanted to ever take uh, ibuprofen. I tried to stay away from that. I think it's, you know, too much of that. It, a little bit of it is okay, but too much of it causes real Kenny damage Easley, to right? your body. Kenny Easley of the Seahawks yep. had, uh, I'm not sure if he had a liver, a kidney or liver issues, maybe a kidney transplant. I don't know. This is back in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. But it was, become, it was because of prolonged ibuprofen. Um results so yeah i think anything you can find that is a natural remedy that um and this is not about you know there, there's no thc that component is out of it it's not about the hallucinant hallucinogenic component of that it's about the cbd oil and i i do think this i think the league uh the next collective bargaining agreement which is after the 2020 season i think that that will be on there that'll be negotiated that's one of the things i think the players feel strongly about. And I think it's one of the things that realistically the players could hope to get accomplished. I think so too. And it's not just, you know, just Gronk talking about it. Tom Brady came out and he said, we should, you know, we should look at this. It's Joe Montana is investing in a, in a company. I mean, there's some very big names that are associated with that. I would, I would like to think that the league would really look at that. CBD is so much more mainstream than when it first came out that if it's helping players, Calvin Johnson said he was stoned for every game to help him deal with the pain other than going to an opioid. So if you're having those kind of conversations, like you would hope that the league would address that. I don't know. Well, I mean, sooner or later, 
for your long-term health, you have to deal with over-the-counter medication or prescription drugs. If you're if you're because of pain, if that is sort of the way you deal with that, and I know, I mean, I've got friends that that's the case, and we know many, many people across the country that that's basically how they get through the day, right? Either over-the-counter medication that is pain relief mm-hmm. or prescription drugs. If there were an alternative to that that was natural that did not have those side effects on your body that long-term use of either does, why why would we not look into that? It's because of the stigma, right. I think, involved that that just means you want to get high. CBD and THC are not the same thing at all. Want to play a quickie game? Sure. Is this one of, uh, is this a new one for you? <laughs> no. Because last week you hit me with, uh, I can't even remember what, what, what the hell was the name of it. I don't know. I think okay. it was Love It or Leave It. This is yeah. cool or not cool. And we have a little accompanying music, which you can't hear right now, but we're going to add this awesome. Grant's going to add this awesome. Oh, nice. Oh, I hear it. Yeah, I okay. hear it. There you go. Okay, there we go. Okay, cool or not cool. Florida Atlantic head coach Lane Kiffin tweeting out pictures of referees that look like they were blind with seeing eye dots. Not cool. He got fined $5,000. Not very smart. Well, he can afford the 5000 bucks, but not very smart. I mean, not very smart. What, what what do you think? I mean, if you're, put yourself in, in the official's shoes for a minute, uh-huh. and you see that tweet, <laughs> and then next week yeah. you're working the, one of the Flo- Florida, Florida Atlantic games, right. or, or you're working a Florida Atlantic game. I don't know. Is it not human nature? Even though they say, listen, that doesn't affect me. I'm going to call, call him as I see him. But is it not human nature to have in the back of your mind? Okay. I mean, he's not getting any benefit of the doubt on anything. So, not smart. He said, we have freedom of speech, but I guess there's no freedom to tweet. True. I mean, there's freedom to tweet, but you're going to get you're gonna get hit with a $5,000 fine. Okay. Cool or not cool? There's a website, BoboHasToGoGo.com. Cool or not cool? Bobo has to go-go? Yeah, Mike Bobo. Oh, CSU? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That <laughs> That would not be my style. That would that would not. Uh, I, I can understand CSU fans being frustrated. Mm-hmm. I think I think Coach Bobo is probably more frustrated than any CSU fan, right? Um, having won enough games, I'm sure he would be the first to admit that. But I, I've just never been. I don't know. It, no, I, I that's not my style. So I would say not cool. There's a mental floss. It's a website did a study that the average couch has been cried on 17 times. So if you look at your, everybody look at their couch and go. What website did you find this on? <laughs> it, I, it's got to be like, well, what is floss. it? It's called mental floss. They come out with studies. So your couch has been cried on 17 times. Is it cool or not cool for men to cry in public? In public? Yeah. Well, it depends on over what? Right. First of all, I would debate with mental floss uh, as to whether or not my couch has been cried on 17 times. Now, I, I have um, I have cried. I have wept, certainly. But I mean, it depends on what you're crying in public over loss of a loved one. I get that. I mean, how about well, crying in a movie? Yeah, I've done that. I, ser- <laughs> I seriously have done that. When's the last movie you cried at? Oh, Braveheart. Do that no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. No, the last movie I cried. Jeez, I'd have to think about that. I did. I I did cry at uh, Philadelphia. I thought Philadelphia. This is back in the early '90s. 
<laughs> Dave, you're talking about like every gener- every 10 years you've cried at Well, a I mean, it's not like, well, I mean, it's not like you, you know, you, you go see, um, I don't know, I didn't cry at 17, I, I mean, seven with Brad Pitt with his wife's head in the box. Right. Didn't, didn't cry. I was like, oh, uh, I, I can't remember the last movie I cried at. Speaking of that, cool or not cool, with Halloween coming up, to give out anything besides candy. You mean like if you're on a health kick and you give out an apple slice? Yeah, or like a toothbrush or like uh, one time a guy, and he was a single guy in my neighborhood. How'd you know that? Never mind. Go ahead. Okay. He gave out rolls of tape. Like I felt like Halloween crept up on him. Rolls of tape. Well, maybe it did. I mean, have you never, (laughs) first of all, because you're not a guy. Right. I I mean, listen, I remember back in the day Uh as a single guy getting home from work yeah, being on the afternoon show three to seven, getting home and then realizing, oh man, I've got nothing. I forgot tonight's Halloween. Ding dong! Now what do you give out? I started giving out money. Did you really? I like did because I, did, I didn't have any. I give give out five dollars. I didn't have then then you, you know three times after the doorbell rings, you're out of, you're out of five dollar bills. So you know, I mean, but no single guys. I can see that. So you get sometimes you give out whatever you have. Right. Mm-hmm. Did you give out like, were you like, oh my God, there's like a loaf of bread here. I mean, were you, were you I, I don't remember making like, uh, you know, PB and J squares. <laughs> I, do, I don't remember doing that, but I do remember giving out money because I'd forgotten it was, it was Halloween. And I know this mm-hmm. truth, truth, truthful. Mm-hmm. How many times have you gotten home, forgot it was Halloween and then immediately turned out all your lights it like went to your office so that they would think there's nobody home. We're not going to the front door. I'm sure that's happened before. Sure. I'm sure that's happened before. Okay, last one. Cool or not cool. NFL, uh, NBA GMs voted that the Nuggets were going to finish second in the West, but they did vote the Nuggets as the most fun team to watch this season. Nuggets are starting up, I believe, against Portland coming up on next Wednesday night. Cool or not cool. They are the most, the NBA GMs voted them the most fun team to watch in the NBA this season. Cool. I, you know, not that I care about the other GMs. I think the Nuggets are going to be really good this year. Mm-hmm. And I do agree they're a fun team to watch. I, I just hope, again, not to delve back into a previous topic. I hope we're able to watch them on altitude and Comcast soon. You, you, you've you led me to believe that there, there, there have been positive steps taken. Are you still? Yep. Okay. Positive steps have been taken as opposed to negative conversations that were happening. So let me just cut to the, I mean, because you just went real political on me right there. Let me yeah. just cut to the chase. Yeah. Are, are, am I going to be able to, because I'm a Comcast um, <laughs> subscriber, am I going to be able to watch the Nuggets on Comcast this, let's say, October? In in October? November? November, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Well, take a stand for kind of Okay, loud. I think you're going to be able, Okay, first of all, if you didn't hear this, by the way, you can watch the Nuggets open on Channel 20. Did you know that? Yes, I did know that. Okay. Back so, to my previously uttered question. In November, yes. Yes, the end of November. Okay. Julie Brownman says the deal is going to be uh is going to be done with Comcast and Avalanche, the Avalanche starting in November. Um the deal's going to be done with one of the carriers at the end of November. I said Comcast, not Direct TV. Okay. Podcast that, number that, 6. That's is over. how we're going to end this. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Au revoir.